Hey, welcome to Cutscenes. This is a bonus episode for season one. It is the pilot that we first recorded. Just know that most of the structure is there, but we were struggling with the tech related to the show, so the audio quality isn't perfect. On this episode of Cutscenes, we chase the Apple of Eden in Assassin's Creed. Let's get right into it. Podcast. Welcome to Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast, the show where we talk about the intersection of video games and movies. I'm Jacob McCourt. I'm Katie Lesbrantz. And I'm Travis Colnett. In this episode, we jump into 2016's Assassin's Creed. Uh, so to start this episode, like we start off all of our episodes, uh, we're going to go through the tutorial, which is 60 seconds to describe the high-level plot of this movie. So, Travis, do you want to start us this time? Yeah, okay. Um, so this movie is pretty much based on a video game, Assassin's Creed, and it is about Michael Fassbender, and he essentially, uh, he's a convict, and he is, like, gonna die, and then they steal him, and apparently he's related to some ancestor, and they put him in a machine, and he goes back in time, and... Okay, you're done. Uh, so, th- <laughs> forever, there's been the Knights Templar versus oh the Brotherhood. Which are the assassins. And the assassins are trying to stop the Knights Templar from getting the Apple of Eden for some reason. Apparently, that takes people's free will. We don't know why, but that's okay. So now, the modern day Knights Templar took him and they're going to use him. And Jacob, yes, that's you. And and they're going to use him by accessing his ancestors' memories to find out what happened with the Apple of Eden. So this movie flips between modern day and then 19, uh, 1492 during the Spanish Inquisition. And boy, howdy, what a freaking movie this is. <laughs> well done. Time. Well done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, what did you guys think about this movie? This is a this is a movie. Let me tell you. This is, that's the broadest statement <laughs> this you is could a movie? possibly... It's a movie. You're right. It's a movie. They made it. Yep. Um, <laughs> they did it. Um, it's a really confusing thing. Yeah. I, I've never played an Assassin's Creed game before. Never? Never. I mean, okay. That's probably a very good thing to know. Yeah. So I've played all the Assassin's Creed games up to... Revelation. So I played one, two, Brotherhood, Revelations, and then stopped playing um, after that. Katie, okay. have you played any? I played Odyssey. I hadn't played one, and then I heard all the hype about uh, Odyssey and Origins. So I picked one. Okay. And I played Odyssey, and that was my... F- I was aware of them. Like, I knew the general plot. I knew what was going on. I knew they existed. On. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was my first actual sitting down and myself playing. Right. Yeah, I've never played one. So I'm going to this movie not really knowing... Like, oh, so you are very confused. Yeah, and I kind of feel like this movie was made for people who were like played the game, but if you didn't play it, oh boy. Yeah, it is like like you said, made for people that have played at least one Assassin's Creed game. I don't know if it's like this in the in the later games, but in at least the earlier titles, there was a clear divide between okay, here's present day science, Abstergo, and then here's kind of the past, whatever time period you decide decide to jump into. Uh, Odyssey was like that too. Um, so okay, I have the same issue with the game. I mean, again, I've only played Odyssey, but I had the same issue with the game as the movie. When you're trying to do the two things, at least one of them isn't going to work. 
right? And in the games, I know that a lot of people like the modern day stuff. I personally think it's useless. <laughs> I hop it and I'm like, why am I here? Can I just keep doing, can I just keep killing people? Right. Why am I, why am I, I'm in this room and they're like, hey, when you want to hop back into the machine, you can do that. I'm like, yeah, I want to do it right now. Was like, this a feature from like the first, <laughs> yes. first, from the very beginning, this feature of yes. jumping back and forth? So oh, okay. in the game, at least the, the old times, like the actual game is really good. And then it's just the modern day stuff that I don't like. Gotcha. But I think that in the movie, it ends up where neither of them is done well, (laughs) personally. And see, we have a good mix of people here because I, my favorite part narratively of the Assassin's Creed games is the modern day day stuff. I know a lot of people feel that way. I just go through the checklists when it comes to, like, the past stuff. Okay, cool. I'm going to murder people in Boston. I'm going to murder people in (laughs) Rome. I'm going to murder people in Jerusalem. Like, it doesn't really matter. Um, I really love the sci-fi stuff. And and as someone who, in Westworld, for example, like, I love the sci-fi stuff. I don't like the Western stuff. Like, that's what I gravitated towards here. Yeah, I can And the movie, very quickly like jumps right in and you're in Spain in 1492 and then it's like smash cut you're in California in 1986 and then smash cut you're in Huntsville Texas DOJ 30 years later it was like if anyone has not played an Assassin's Creed game you're just going to be lost within the first two minutes of this movie yeah it was very 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 um just all over the place and then also they don't really set up any of the characters no like at all no we don't know anything about anybody no, no i had i had no idea who anyone was when it, like, other than that little so the, the movie starts with like a little scrolling text that kind of gives you like the layout of like how the templars and the the assassins you know yeah kind of like a star wars school. yeah a little bit right and it gave me that like okay okay i get this general idea but i had no idea what was going in i was like okay so this is this the kid that like you know, ran away. He's about to die. I just, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And even then it's not even just that they don't set them up at the start. It's that there's nothing there. Yeah. Like the, is, is it Cullen? Callan? What, what is his name? Cal is all I know. Callum. Callum. Callum Lynch. So Callum Lynch, the entire movie, the only thing I know about him is that his ancestor was an assassin. Yep. His dad supposedly killed his mom and that he apparently killed a pimp. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's why he was being put to death. But literally, other than that, I don't know anything about him. And like, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's no personality at all. Even like, and it's not even like he goes into the past and or like his he relives his the memories of his ancestor. Yeah. It's not like his ancestor had much of a personality either. No, he is a blank slate. Every single, but I guess it's like he's the player character in the video game, right? The, a blank slate that you're not really doing it. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. is that why it translated that way? Cause it's a video game movie. I don't know. But like, yeah, he wasn't anything. But unlike some like video game movies, the cast here is kind of insane. It's spectacular. Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard, um, Brendan Gleeson and Jeremy Irons kind of playing the the bad guy. So literally, know, Jeremy Irons is the bad guy of the leader of Abstergo, which is the evil faceless corporation that is kind of the Templars, yeah. but it's never really said that it's the Templars. They have like their symbols hanging around. Marion Cotillard is his daughter, and Brandon Gleason is his father. Like it's 
despite having a very like high level cast, um, I just I had so many questions. Right? Yeah. Like, because I would have said that like there's nothing that Michael Fassbender or Madion Cotillard could do wrong, and boy was I wrong because like. I, I literally like they are both terrific actors and like I love both of them so much and I didn't even realize it was her in this movie initially like I knew Michael Fassbender was in this movie but then I saw her and I was like wait a minute what Marion Cotillard is in this movie and I got super excited <laughs> and then she spoke and I was like what is this what? accent oh I felt really bad see no I could still I could I no. could listen to her read a f- oh. the phone book I, I mean like, you have Marion Cotillard though why not just make her friend no she, all she did she, yes why there's no reason why she can't be French. Just give her, her unless Jeremy voice. Irons is like, no, I can't do French. Yeah. I don't know. But her reading exposition, there are certain people that I want to read me exposition. Oh, yeah, Madion like, Cotillard is one of them. Yes, definitely. But that's all she did. <laughs> yeah, she's that. Her dad is the evil guy, and she is also kind of evil. And that's all we know about her <laughs> in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yep. <clears throat> And well, the whole time, like you said, she just reads exposition. It's it's lines like, you turn to violence, I turn to science. Violence is like a cancer. Yeah. And like that's essentially this is how- kind of all she does. The characters, and again, it's not actors, I, it's writing, that the characters are so shallow because they try and cover essentially two movies in one with a runtime of under two hours. And I think that they do one better than the other, but both of them still aren't great. I thought it was over two. I thought it was like two ten. No, I which, think it was like an hour and forty minutes or something like that. Huh? Yeah. Unless you watch like some extended cut. Maybe I did. It's one <laughs> I, one hour and uh, sorry, one hour fifty five minutes. I'm pretty sure I watched it extended. I think mine was over two. Really? I still didn't know anything about them, so don't <laughs> worry about it. You didn't miss anything. Um, they have Michael K. Williams in this movie. Yeah, Michael K. Williams, who's from The Wire. Travis oh, is looking at me I, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. with a blank blank expression. He plays expression. Musa, right? Yes. Sure. He is some guy and he speaks a little bit cryptically <laughs> and he is apparently a descendant of an assassin and he seems to know stuff but like I don't know. That's literally all he does. Yeah. I, I didn't don't know. understand. Yeah. Jacob saying his name was Musa. The only reason I know that's who that is is because I read the wiki page afterwards oh. and I saw that guy's <laughs> name. I'm like, I didn't know his name was Musa. I don't think they ever said his name. Same thing with the other female assassin in the in the present. Oh, yeah. Um, she was just kind of there, but she had a name too. I don't remember what it is because they never said it once in the movie. It was clearly set up for a future movie, but... Oh, also in the past, if there's a female assassin... Yeah. I I don't know. Was it? Yep. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yep. I don't know anything about her other than that she's an assassin. Yeah, literally. I don't understand. That's what the wiki page said. So it's it's not a it's not a short. Well, for me, it wasn't a short movie anyway. But it wasn't like terribly short to where it's like there is no personality to any single character. Literally, if by chance you stumble upon this podcast and you haven't played an Assassin's Creed game. Um, this movie keeps the kind of present day past time period thing going. The present tense is you're in a prison con- uh, complex in Madrid, Spain, where imagine Westworld where it's like a lot of white light, a lot of concrete, and your your whole reason that you weren't killed is that you are going to be attached to a machine called the Animus which is going to let you access your ancestors' memories 
Um, what did you guys think when you saw the Animus for the first time? I think that, generally speaking, I think those scenes were fine. They hooked him up to it. It's like this big arm thing that kind of wrapped, like, attaches to his waist. And then... It's very, like, Matrix-esque. Yes, they kind of plug him in to it, except it's way more mobile. Yeah, I liked it. Like, I, I think I liked that. I mean... I'm in the same boat that, like, give me the sci-fi over the fantasy stuff anyways, but I liked the fact that, you know, it plugged him in and he was active. It's not like he was, like, laying in a chair and just, like, twitching. Yeah. Right? Whenever, you know, it was much more involved. It made the scenes a little bit more interesting. It made, you know, just, it made the action a little bit interesting because you were jumping back and forth a little bit when he was kind of either coming out, uh, like, you know, breaking the illusion of whatever he was seeing, right? And so it was interesting and I like that they went that route with it instead of just, like, him laying on a table and, you know, his eyes, his eyes are closed and you see his eyeballs moving around. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're right, actually. That was- <laughs> there's a lot of movies that do that, you know, the whole in the mindscape kind of thing. This is the first one that I think I've ever seen that's done you're actively playing out the past at the same time right or whatever you're seeing in your in your visions yeah you're right I think that was you're right that was a yeah. fantastic choice yes much better it could have been way worse right and then they can kind of intercut between the action scenes happening in the past and then him like acting it out right in the present and they're kind of overlaying um kind of foggy images yeah. of the people from the past so he's kind of fighting them in the present I that action scenes still weren't great, so you weren't really interplaying much good, but well, it was better. I think that there was greatness within them, but I don't know if you guys found this, but this movie had an obsession with fog, mm-hmm. with dust, yeah. with like smoke in the room. Mm-hmm. Every scene had dust or smoke or <laughs> fog. Yeah. Yeah, Just no. Trying to immerse you into that past. <laughs> You know, Spanish past, Inquisition era. The past is dusty. Yeah, it's just know. dusty. <laughs> Your past is foggy, yes. young assassin. Literally, like, half this movie is, like, people just watching Michael Fassbender play with the PlayStation VR version of of Assassin's Creed. Like, literally, that's all that it really was. <laughs> oh, my God, it is. It really is. You're just, like, watching him play a PSVR version of it. That's all that it is. <laughs> oh, you're right. And you're, you're like, like, oh, yeah, keep The only going. thing it's missing is a headset. Level. Literally, next level. Like, yeah. <laughs> huh. That's great. <laughs> oh, you beat the final boss? Okay, leap of faith time. Let's go. And then, yeah. And we're going to unplug you because you're starting to get a little nauseous. Yeah. Literally. And you've played too much VR, so we need to unplug you from the Animus and give you a break. Yeah. Yeah. You, you may be paralyzed from the waist down, but it's okay. It's yeah. temporary. You have your sea legs from the VR. It's yeah. okay. You'll get them back. Oh, Take a Which, gravel. Also, so- I'm sorry, the sea legs, he, he wakes up after the first time they put him in the Animus and they're like, we got to take him out. They pull him out. He goes to sleep. He wakes up. He's like all out of sorts. He tries to get up. His legs aren't really working right. So he is stumbling running. Yep. Like like terrible, like the most drunk running possible. <laughs> and he's running up to the, to around the facility trying to get out. And he gets up to the roof. Yeah. And then he stands on the roof. Yes. And he stands still as a fucking statue <laughs> on the edge of the roof and does not fall. No, yeah. But up till now, he got he it all back. Co- he could not stand for more than a second. Yeah. And now he's like, zoom, I'm good. Yeah. I'm just going to stand here majestically at the edge of the building. He stumbles off the roof of the building. That <laughs> could have been it. And they were like, damn it. Done. We screwed that up. Yeah. <laughs> Did you understand the plot at all of what happens in the Animus? Because I. I could barely follow it. All I know is like a vehicle for a cool action and hey, here's the Apple of Eden. Yeah, like there really wasn't much plot in the past other than like 
he's either running from someone or going after someone. Like, there really isn't much, like, I don't know. There's not much to the past up. It's just for cool action, really. Like, yeah. Yeah. I got that they're trying to keep the Apple of Eden from the, from the Templars. Right. And so like, they caught them at some point, and then yeah, they were going to burn gonna them. So then they ran away. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah, like I know, right? Like the it's kind of disappointing because it's like that's where most of the action takes place, but really there's no emotional attachment to it because like I don't know who these people in the past are, and I barely care about who what's happening in the future. So like I don't know. Like kind of reminded me a little bit of you guys ever watched Sucker Punch? It's no, no. Okay. but I've been meaning to. I, <laughs> I have a really big... You love Sucker Punch. Yeah, I have a really big soft spot for Sucker Punch. It's terrible. But um, it reminded me of that because, okay, so the main character, Baby Doll, kind of, like, goes into, like, when she dances... Oh, God, this is stupid sounding. I feel like you've explained the plot of this movie to me before. (laughs) (laughs) When she dances, it goes into, like, almost alternate reality kind of thing where she is now fighting, like, zombies or she's fighting a dragon and stuff. And the action, there's no plot to the action. It's just like just for visual effects and funness and there's nothing really to it. And then by the end of the action, she comes out of this little trance and she's back in the present day. This was very much that to me where like all the actual important stuff is happening in the present day. This is literally just to kind of flash up the movie a little bit. I bet if there was a budget breakdown, if a a business minded person were to show you a spreadsheet it would go, we spent five-sixths of this budget on these action sequences in France, and then the rest of it is for the rest of the movie. Because <laughs> let me tell you, the fighting choreography was cool. Um, some of the action sequences, although like very tightly edited and like sometimes hard to follow yeah. directly what was happening. I think too edited. Still good. Um, but... I like it was a, a I guess a vehicle for pushing the movie forward, but it did nothing for me. I think today, like action scenes in movies and TV have reached such a high bar that I didn't think that much of it I in this movie. I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was fine to me. I think I liked like the action was good. I, I enjoyed it, but I think that it, like we said, it was so dusty and cloudy that I kind of couldn't make out what was happening a lot of the times in the action scenes. Right. Especially given that like also then in the animus, it was dusty and cloudy. So like, I think nowadays you get, maybe the CGI is better. I don't know, but like something about it, scenes are a little bit more clear. They're not so cluttered and messy. I will say the only action thing that I remember is that when he pulled back he was in the past and he pulled back the bow and arrow and elbowed the guy behind me. He had like a bow and arrow in his hand and he was going to like pull it back. And when he pulled it back, he elbowed the guy in the face behind him. I was like, oh, that's funny. And then that was it. <laughs> Literally, that was like the, probably the only funniest part of the movie. I think there was no humor. I don't think there was any humor really in here. I mean, Callum kept asking for food and saying, I'm hungry, which was like a recurring bit, I guess. But like you said, this movie was deadpan the entire time. It's very serious. Because they're trying to be very self-serious. He had just tried to choke. We are abstergo. Oh, so stern. He had just tried to choke Marion Cotillard. And then he was like, she's like, are you you done now? Yeah. He's like, I'm hungry. (laughs) Like, I get it. We all get a little angry. And also, she then toured him the whole facility instead yeah. of bringing him to food. Yeah. And then he was like, I'm hungry. <laughs> said it again. Yeah. Like, reminder. Here are all of these men that are also assassins, yeah, he's but like, you cool. don't know yet. They're going to help you escape, but you don't know that yet. Are you hungry for yeah. exposition? Yes, I still am. <laughs> Literally, that's all she gave him. 
The chicken is good. I hear the chicken is good. You're going to want the chicken. Yeah, that was their attempt at a joke. It, yeah. was, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you... What did you think of, like, the script? Did you think that some of the sci-fi, like, stuff was corny? Because I know a lot of the time, like, they set it up as Abstergo is a company that is trying to make humanity better and, you know, we created consumerism. We don't care about civil liberties. All that we care about is improving people's standard of life. Um, how did you think... Was the writing lame? Because I thought it was okay. I thought the writing was lame. <laughs> wow, just lame. I, 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 you know, yeah. I think it was lame. Um, and then also, they're like, yeah, the apple of Eden contains the genetic coat, this, like, metal ball it's not like an apple like it's a metal <laughs> ball thing yeah, called the apple of eden yeah it's like the golden snitch yeah. from harry potter yeah, but like five times bigger yeah and not golden and uh it doesn't well supposedly it does something but it contains the genetic code to free will right which is puzzling to me yeah like it's fine i can get past right, something yeah. that doesn't make any sense if the movie's good right. if i'm entertained yeah like i can get past stuff that doesn't make sense same yeah. thing oh yeah but so it's a magic flash drive okay yeah like literally i was just like and then what he's like at the end of the movie he just like opens it and like a glowing green light comes out of it like what is supposed to happen like do you like you know type in i want you all to think this way like how does it like no I don't get how it works like huh <laughs> is it like the brain control device in pinky and the brain christmas when he whispers into it and then wow. everyone is a brain controlled person cut. that's a pull that is Deep a pull <laughs> oh oh that brings me back oh, oh my gosh they were trying to take over the world with, with, <laughs> yeah. with the apple of eden uh, just like <laughs> just like evil Jordan B. Peterson in this movie. Sorry, yes. Jeremy Irons' character. So I think that like this movie is pretty thin on plot despite being almost two hours. I think we should just talk about how it kind of ramps to a conclusion in that Michael Faz- Fassbender's character, Cal, almost realizes that he's meant to protect the Apple of Eden, and that's what his whole existence is. Just by going in the Animus three times, he's like, yo, this is my new life purpose. I'm not evil anymore. I'm going to protect the Apple of Eden. And it kind of... And yeah. his mom. Yeah, what about his mother there? She, I think she was an assassin too, and she like killed herself. I don't, oh. I don't know who killed who. No, so I think... Okay, here's what I gathered, is that <laughs> the father, his father actually didn't kill the mother. Okay, he did, but she like took his hand and like helped guide the knife into her throat. Like she was a willing participant in the murder because she was also an assassin. And it was the whole, you know, do whatever you can to protect the apple. But business. who was going to But okay, so in the Cal going back, him and the girl assassin, Maria, apparently. Yeah. They're in kind of that situation where he... <laughs> yes, it's like a same situation. Kind of a standoff where someone has like a knife to Maria's throat. Right. And But but who had a knife to the mom's coming. throat? I think like, they were coming. I think the Templars, Templars were coming. Then run! Yeah, I don't what know. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> the dad ran. I, yeah. He's okay. Yeah. Why didn't the mom The women run? have to die in this movie, Katie. Apparently. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why, but... Yeah. They beats me i actually that totally valid point if the kid can run away the kid ran away the dad ran away why did the and also she's been dead for a little while and also they didn't they killed her but they kept the dad alive and captured him and brought him to madrid 
I, it's also confusing. Maybe the mom had a more direct, maybe the mom is the direct link. So if they, wasn't right, that it exactly? That's what it is. He, they, he was supposed to kill Cal as well, but he let him go instead because the mom is the ancestor. So had they got his mom, they would have put her in the animus, gone back to whatever past Michael Fassbender was, oh. and they would have gotten the information from her because she is technically the ancestor, not his Genetics, yes. Katie. Genetics. Right. Yes. It now makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so, so we were talking about the end. So I do think that the movie generally, though I think the first third was the best yes. of the movie. The second third. Do you? I do. Because I think the, the back third is the best. Oh, I think the back no. third is the worst. I'm so, the yep. back, back third of it to me just unravels. Yes. To totally. nothing. Yes. Uh, the ending specifically, like that whole final stuff, that yeah. all that stuff, once we got out of Madrid, because like there's a final standoff and these like security guards are running in like crazy to like their deaths by Michael. So hold on. Abstergo captures oh, the yeah, Apple yeah, of yeah, Eden yeah. They and they it. take it to their big Abstergo conference. Yeah, they get it. Their big like multi-level marketing conference. Travis, and they're like, hey, Christopher I got Columbus it. Columbus or something. Travis just wants to yada yada the whole end. <laughs> Literally. <time>. Like... <laughs> So like, but this is the best part. Why do you want to yada yada this? It's not the best part. Okay, so they find out Christopher Columbus has it in his grave. Okay, <laughs> oh, and also I have to say, I've actually been there. I've been to Christopher Columbus's. Did you see the apple? No, I did not. I assume. Well, I mean, the Templars would have been there by now. I'm sure they would have stripped it clean. Yeah, clearly. but uh, no, I've been to that church in Sevilla. Oh wow! And seen Christopher Columbus's grave. Wow! And that is not the church. <laughs> it's fine. I'm sure Sevilla, the town, was like. No, you can't do that here. Yeah. You're making what movie? You want to shoot your dumb movie yeah. here? No. Is it good? No, you can't make it here. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway. No, I didn't I didn't think it no. made any sense. Yeah, so they got the apple and then they decided... So I think because Cal ended up leading them to it. Like, Cal gave them the memory of yeah. where the apple was. And then his mom comes to him in a vision. And then he changes his mind. And then... They just, so all of the bad guys fly off, like, by yep. all the named bad guys. And then now we're left with just, like, nameless, faceless security guards to be killed by... The Burma- nameless, faceless assassins yes, that nameless- we haven't, that we don't know anything about yes. yet. And so there's a big war happening in this building. Yep. But then, I guess, the bad guys must not have confirmed that anyone died. Because they just go on to have this nice big conference where he's going to unveil the apple to everyone. <laughs> not even thinking, like... Oh, maybe an assassin got like out. 20 assassins <laughs> yeah. loose. Got out oh. to like, maybe to stop us. And literally all Cal had to do was walk up behind him and grab the apple and end of movie. Like, I think the ending is what frustrated me because it felt like there was a lot of ramping up. Like, it felt like there was going to be maybe one final big confrontation, right? Like, he, you see, like, scenes of him putting on gloves and, like, you know, oh, here's the knife out of his, like, wrist. And it's, you know, it's it's exciting and it's like, ooh, like, lots of tension. And then that tension is cut immediately by Cal just stepping out of a crowd, slicing this guy's throat and taking the apple and then disappearing in a smoke cloud. Which I get. That's like what you, what Assassin's Creed at the core yes. is based around is sneaking up and killing someone right. and then disappearing. Totally. But but this whole movie yeah. has been crazy action all the way yes. up, and then you just up till then there up. had been no assassinating. No, it's there just had been, just been running around in like battles. Yeah, battles. So like we end the movie on an actual assassination, and but then it wasn't even good. Like it could have been. It could have. Right. 
been it could have built up and it just there wasn't any tension no in it in the assassination because you had knew there that been it was tension. probably gonna happen that and like all of a sudden he's there and he does it yeah and you're like oh there it's was done no, like, there was no struggle to no. get into that there's no tension at all to get into that thing i think the first um, third is better just because they're explaining the concept and the concept is kind of interesting yes, agreed and then once the concept yeah. is explained, there's nothing else there. Right. And may- maybe I just loved it because I would rather have the sci-fi than like the Spanish Inquisition stuff, which I found was just a vehicle to say like, Apple of Eden, it's important. Uh, it-, it has all humanity's hope inside of it in this magic flash drive. You're totally right. Um, like, you're not wrong. But, it's essentially pick your poison, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. Do you like bad sci-fi or do you like action movies that are based in the 1400s? Right. Take your pick. But you can have a good... Um, action movie based in the 1400s this is true and you could it wasn't good <laughs> i felt like this movie should have been rated r because it was pg-13 in in the states oh and That's i knew mistake. it as soon as at the end of the movie when um cal slits the throat of jeremy irons character which i don't even think we've named to this point because his name is nonsense um <laughs> alan ricken okay. alan ricken he slits his throat and there's no blood yeah. there's nothing it just looks like he runs a knife across the collar of his shirt yeah. and then he just falls over like a butter knife um i think yeah exactly this movie should have been rated r like either do it or don't what are the games rated are they m for mature yeah i think they must yeah. be yeah yeah I think most of the, again, there may be some side games that, like the side scrollers that may not be M, but I think most of them are M. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I guess you're going around killing people. You can't really make that, like, uh, then again, I guess they made a movie that's not rated R and you're going around killing people, so. Yeah, at least the original game is rated uh, M for mature, for blood, strong language, and violence. I feel like they all are, because there's always strong language. I mean, Odyssey also had strong language and also some sexual content. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's another fun thing. Um, they're a company that can spend three billion dollars on an animus, but yet they have bow and arrows and crossbows and swords as weapons instead <laughs> of guns. Where are the guns? All these assassins are getting out. You've known that they're here. They're very powerful creatures, and you're just gonna not have guns. Shouldn't you have like implanted like a bomb in their spine or something, or something. so you can or like that. take them all out in case they yeah. uprise? Because you know they're all. Der- descendants of assassins and they talk about how they all have like violence in their blood and how they're all built for this and they don't have a fail safe to just kill them all you keep all of your assassins locked up next to all your assassin weapons and then that way all the bad things are in one location (laughs) they're all hanging out with each other they're discussing apparently not rebelling they think they're thinking no no they're never gonna talk about rebelling the first thing that you see these other assassins talk about is rebelling yeah like none of the guards have caught wind of it like oh they're really bad at their jobs (laughs) uh i guess what we're saying is that there's some really really dumb sci-fi stuff in this movie when you actually think about it don't think too hard don't think too which is fine if the action's great i cannot think yeah yeah. i will pop some popcorn and i will watch a dumb movie if i'm entertained Mm -hmm. but i was not yeah uh, so we've talked a lot about the plot of the movie. Um, we've talked about maybe what we don't like, but here's a segment called Min Max, uh, where we tell you the good Max and the not so good Min that we haven't talked about yet. Um, I can go first and talk about one of the things that I really loved. Yeah, um, is some of the stunts in this movie. Did you guys hear about the crazy thing that one of the stunt men did in this movie? I did not. Uh, I think I did read something, but no, refresh my memory. 
So um, Damien Walters, who has done stunts for Skyfall and Kingsman and other movies, um, did a 125-foot drop for the movie. So instead of doing like CGI like they would in many other films, they're like, no, no, we want to get the leap of faith, which oh. is like a very key yeah, it's a classic signature Assassin's Creed. Creed thing. And they did it in the desert with like a trampoline. And I guess it's the longest jump or the highest jump that a stuntman has done in over 30 years for real oh my gosh how did they so like there's a cool fact about this movie that you may not like or, or sorry there's a there's a fun <laughs> fact about the movie that you didn't know um does anyone else have any maxes that they like Look, about this movie i want to know more about this stuntman who did it 30 years ago because yeah. today i'm like yeah okay they're gonna keep you safe somehow but 30 what the hell was he thinking he probably died <laughs> oh no that's why they haven't done it for 30 years, <laughs> for 30 years. <laughs> oh my gosh oh that's terrible if he actually died i'm really sorry i'm laughing oh but, no yeah Oof. but whoops i think he's fine yeah. i think we're good sure um uh, you think, any other maxes uh so my max is basically it's a small thing it's right at the beginning of the movie when this song kicks in and it's like a it's not a great song but it's fine it's like a like a tuned down guitar driven like kind of psychedelic rock song and there's the eagle which is also a classic assassin's yep. creed thing is flying and it's kind of following this eagle around i believe new mexico uh just flying around and it made me go "Ooh, i want to play assassin's creed again i want valhalla to come out so that i can play it <laughs> and after that i didn't care anymore but that <laughs> oh, was no. the one part that was the one part of the movie that i was like oh this makes me want to play assassin's creed yeah so that's my Although I didn't love the song choice there, um, I saw that scene and I was like, I want to play Eagle Flight VR, which I believe <laughs> is an is also a Ubisoft game. Oh, really? so there you go. That makes sense. Uh, Travis, any maxes? Oh boy, you know what? Like it may be. <laughs> in, I don't know if there's anything small. I will say though that, like I said before, Michael Fassbender and mm-hmm. Marion Cotillard, like they are two terrific actors, yeah. and like I think. If anything, they might have been saving the movie for for me, right? Like, it, the movie has a lot of faults, but I think if anyone else was in those roles, I don't know if I would at all be even interested, right? Like, he is very interesting as an actor. I like him a lot, and she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wish I could... Like, if she just had her regular accent, like, I would have yes. been like... And she was reading all that exposition in her French accent, like, perfect. Uh. But no, I was, like, stuck in this weird little, like... Is she Southern? Is she British? Like, I feel bad, but I can hear the French coming through too, right? Yeah. So it's just like, right. you know, I, just because I know what her voice is. It's right? like a taste of the good thing that yeah. you want, that you're like, it's right there, yeah. just just dive into it. And that's the thing. So like, both of them were like very good high points for me in a movie that was very middling. Yes, that would be my backup max yeah. for sure. If if people wanted to watch like Marion Cotillard and something else, is there a movie that you can think of that you're like, yeah, if you love Marion, like this is the thing. Or if you want to see something she's in, this is what you should watch. Because she was in Contagion that I yeah. watched recently, uh, you know, when we began this pandemic, which that's a bad thing. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and she was she was great in it. She's great in every yeah. role that she has. She's like, great in Inception. Inception, she's great. She was in... Um, she's great in The Dark Knight Rises yes. as, uh, as Miranda Tate. And if you've watched it, you know who that actually is. Yes. She's great in anything that she's in yes just 
I don't. This movie just kind of fell flat. Yeah, she's one of those compelling people that I yes. you just want to watch. Yeah, when she's, she's on screen, you, you can't pull your eyes. You away. can't pull exactly. You cannot pull your eyes away from her. She's just so compelling. And, and so I just that's wish why. she had more to do. I know. And Fassbender, he he has that look. I know why they cast. Well, one, he's a great actor, uh, but two, he has that look that easily is like new world and old world. Right. Like you can easily put him into an old wow. like Spanish Inquisition, and like. he suits the part. That's like perfectly yep. said. I like, wow. I, like you literally just like took that thought out of my brain and said it because like that literally makes, I couldn't put into words the way you just said it, but yes, exactly. Bam. That's what I'm here yeah, for. Wow. It really <laughs> because impressed. he's, he's German or he's Irish. Wikipedia says he's Irish German. Oh, wow. There wow. you go. So yeah, there you go. Also, he's got a great um, accent too. Why can't he just use his accent? Right. Yeah. Just let everyone speak the way they speak. Why not? Yeah. Uh, any mins that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, Katie's nodding her head very viciously. Oh, yes. I have to pick one. Oh, God. <laughs> no, run through them all. We've got time. Uh, you know what? We already kind of addressed. I had Michael K. Williams underused. I mean, why Why is he even in it if you're not going to use him? Uh, the whole, <laughs> the apple, the apple makes no sense. But I'm going to move on. A little thing. Um, in the biggest... Well, the, the end action sequence is probably the biggest, but maybe the longest one is the like chase scene when they're running from trying when they try to execute them, right? And they're running around, and they're running through the city, and they're like jumping on rooftops and jumping across like banners that are running across the street, all that. There is the music doesn't help it because it's so long, and this music it's like just this um, relentless pounding and droning that there's there isn't a lot of like dynamics to and i found i was like oh this is lulling me Mm. like down like there are any points of impact in the music so it didn't make me excited at all it just kind of made it all kind of the same and it bothered me (laughs) and i noticed about like two-thirds of the way through i was like just kind of like meh just kind of just falling off no and then i realized i was like oh this this music is just is is making me sleepy right so yes, that's my min. Mm. Uh, Travis, what are your any any mins that we haven't covered yet? This is going to be weird sounding, but I'm beautiful. Kind, I'm kind of my min would be that clearly this movie was set up for a sequel, and I'm not going to be able to watch that sequel because they're never going to make it. No, they're not. Gonna, <laughs> there was plans, but when 20th Century Fox got purchased by Disney, this oh. movie's sequel was canceled, and I kind of feel like. Just as the movie was ending with the th- him and the other two assassins on the rooftop, I was kind of like, oh, that would be kind of cool. And, like, I kind of would have been feeling that, especially if, let's say, like, you know, because clearly it was set up, like, Marion Cotillard's character was supposed to, like, maybe seek revenge. Like, she, you know what I mean? Like, there was some buildup there. It seemed like there was you know at least leading they have the apple now but now mm-hmm. they've got to protect it and clearly like the bad the threat of the templars isn't over mm-hmm. right so it was like oh there's a little bit of here that i'm still interested in and i guess knowing that it's not going to happen i'm like maybe a second movie would have redeemed it a little bit better for me you know if it was made nowadays maybe fixing some of the mistakes of like what didn't work in this one I'm still interested in the concept of it. Maybe yeah. I should just play an Assassin's Creed game. Oh. But I mean, <laughs> like, it's, you know, there's 
for sitting in a movie and you know just watching it I, maybe I'm a little disappointed in that sense yeah like the whole you, thing I was thinking the entire time was that this would be so much better served as an HBO series oh. and I know you could say that about a lot of things but like <laughs> everything is tell better the story HBO. everything is better uh, Jeremy Irons is in the Watchmen HBO series yeah. so there's right. how you tie all that together um, but yeah, you could say that about anything, but I felt here like you could tell the story of Abstergo, you could tell the story of the Templars yeah. and the, the assassins over eight episodes, over eight hours, instead of trying to smash it all into two hours. And give your characters some which personality. It, it just doesn't work. Yeah, if you take, and also you could, even with the sequel, a sequel movie, right. you take those three assassins that you pick, right. you move on with them in modern day. And give and them a personality. Yeah, you can kind of develop them more, have them have like camaraderie and Because now that we've gotten all other. of the exposition out of the way, yeah. we can then move forward with the plot yeah right? maybe and so like it's, there's kind of like okay yeah. this felt like if this was just i knew all of this and i could just watch a movie going forward maybe it would have been a lot better yeah they dropped that extra layer of trying to balance the whole past and the future and right. kind of run forward yeah mm-hmm. um my min uh travis you covered mine about not wanting a sequel so i guess i will oh. go with um brandon <laughs> gleason uh, who is the father of Cal in this movie. Okay. Uh, he also plays Mad-Eye Moody in the Harry Potter films. Yes. Right. And I felt like he was criminally underused. Yes. Um, like, how many lines of dialogue did he actually I know, get? Four? I, I know that's not the point, but, like, I would have loved to have him have more agency and be more of a character that's not just, like, I killed your mother. Yeah, that's <laughs> he was, he was super passive. Said. He was so, like, I'm mad at you. He's like, yep, I killed her. Like... <laughs> Yeah. He didn't do anything. I got her. Yep. <laughs> um, so that covering uh, Min Max, uh, we are now going to take a look at the critical hits uh, related to this movie. We are going to read off some uh, choice user reviews choice. from Metacritic.com. Um, I will start with the first one we've got here, um, and it's by a user named Escaloid. And uh, it's a zero out of ten. And the review is, The film's pace is absurd. The story ain't even canon. The animus sessions don't have any story. If you have played the games, you will hate it. And if you haven't, don't even watch it. Oh, boy. I mean, I can't. Katie, do you want to give us the the second one here? Uh, Okay. The second one is by Best, (laughs) B-E-S-S-T. The title is Dull, Dull, Dull. Unless you are a massive fan of game, avoid this nonsensical sleeper. You will dose. At least you meant to say doze. You will dose <laughs> during this poorly paced dullard. Yes. This is a negative review. <laughs> if we haven't gathered it, that yet. And she gave it as she. I don't know why I'm saying she, but it's at zero for for best. Travis, would you would you want to read off the yes. third one we've got here? So passive. Um, gave it a zero and says, what is GLaDOS doing here instead of Animus? Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> what are those projectors instead of... Pro- Proctors? Proctors? Uh, <laughs> our director... Our director fil- familiar with real science and hologram technologies. The whole movie the is nonsense. It has to be soul, atmosphere, and epic. I think, I think that was supposed to be epic of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Instead, they made it somehow a completely new game. Shame on you, Ubisoft. Oh, oh my goodness. Geez. That one was also zero out of That's ten. That's so yes. sad. 
Uh, let's try and read some positive ones. Yeah. Uh, so this is from Blade 2K8, and it says, Metacritic, I don't understand your rating of this film. 36? What? Yours critic don't play the game Assassin's Creed. Oh my goodness. Metacritic, play this game or all games, and then tell me again your score. This film is amazing. 10 out of 10. See, it... Playing the game shouldn't give you a complete, and also even if you played the game, it doesn't make it doesn't make the movie good. But that shouldn't be the thing. Like, oh no, you have to have played the game, and then this movie becomes good. Right. The good, the movie should be good. Right in itself, yeah. it's like adapting a book. You know, like you know, the movie. If you're gonna adapt a book to yeah. a movie, it's the movie still, still needs to be good. You don't need to read the book. The movie should still be yeah. It's good. it's an art piece that stands on its own. Yes, that's the point. Yeah. Uh, and Katie, do you want to read the last one? Okay, this one is also a 10 from mpelly 92 I think the only way you could truly appreciate what's going on in this film, whether you, whether you are a movie critic or not, is if you have played the video games. I'll be honest, I was almost going to skip seeing it entirely after reading critical reviews. I'm glad I picked up a copy and saw it. It was truly incredible. The only video game-based movie worth seeing. I guess we'll be the ones to determine that, right? (laughs) (laughs) With those out of the way, uh, we've got one final fun segment for you guys that I put together. It's called Real or Fake, and it's specific to this movie. So I'm going to give you a time period and a location. And, you know, in Assassin's Creed games, there are different locations. There are different stories that are based in history. So I'm going to give you one, and you're going to tell me if it's from an Assassin's Creed game, real, or if it's not from an Assassin's Creed game, fake. Are you guys ready? Oh boy. We're going to fail miserably. But let's go. <laughs> okay. There's been a lot of them. A lot. So you guys you guys can do this together. I'm kind of the quiz master pulling the strings All here. Right. Okay. Um, Venice and Florence 19 sorry, Venice and Florence 1476 to 1499. Real or fake? I think it's real. The years too? That you could just change a year. I'm no, okay. Um I, I promise you that I am not doing funny business with the English. Yeah, no, no, it was 1482, actually. No. <laughs> that exactly, would be unfair. Right? I would call bullshit. Yeah. Um, I guess real. What do you think, real? Yeah, real. I'm going to say real. Sure. That is Assassin's Creed two, uh, Assassin's Creed 2's plot. Oh, my gosh. So the next one I've got here is Boston and New York, 1760 to 1783. I know there's a Boston one. Is there really? Because yeah. I was immediately going to say fake. But no, there's a Boston one. Oh. I didn't know if it was in New York two but i well i'd say true because you already said boston i confer to you go for it that is assassin's creed 3's location and time period oh interesting uh quezon quezon city philippines 1896 to 1898 i know there there has not been a philippines i know this oh wow i don't know why i know this but there has not been a philippines i'm gonna say real oh (laughs) it's fake damn it Uh, it is. It is fake. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, that was pulled. That was pulled from a very good podcast uh, from OK yes. Beast called A Plus Anime, where they talked specifically about a hypothetical game based in that time period around the Philippines, the revolution in the Philippines. Because someone in that podcast is, is um, Filipino. The next one I have for you is Havana, Nassau, Kingston, and the Caribbean, 1715 to 1722. Oh yeah, that's that, that's is is, that, that's Black Flag, isn't it? I don't. How am I supposed to know? I'm going to say real. Real. That is correct, yeah. and Katie, you, you nailed it. Thank you. Um, Warsaw, Poland, nineteen fifty-five. I don't think that sounds so. totally fake. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> fake. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I'm gonna say fake. Fake. 
Uh, that is correct. Oh, that yeah. would be a hypothetical Cold War story that would have been the plot of the movie had there been a sequel. Like, that's what the director oh. was saying that he wanted to explore was a Cold War story, but we're never going to get that because it's canceled. That's very, that's very X-Men, actually. Is, that's a Fastbender. It is very X-Men. It is Fast very X-Men. Uh, yeah. yeah. Would, you would be so excited, Travis. Give me more of that, please. <laughs> Our number one X-Men fan yep. just perked right yeah. up. Right. Uh, the last I'm one like, I have what? is... New Orleans, seventeen sixty-five to seventeen seventy-seven. Hmm. I'm trying for all of these. I'm trying to place the assassin, and if I can't, then I don't. I can't. I. I'm gonna say real. <sighs> Just go with your gut. My gut says fake, but I feel like you would end on a real one. It's real. Sure, we'll go real. It's fake. It is real. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is that is the story from Assassin's Creed Three Liberation, ah. which oh, is the yeah, yeah, yeah. DLC standalone pack for. Um, for that game. So you guys got all six. Way to go. Boom. I mean, I did nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end the show the way we end every show. Uh, just a simple, should this movie be cut or should this movie be seen? And if you think it should be seen, why? And if it should be cut, why? I I feel real bad saying cut. I don't want to say cut. But I'm going to say cut. Yeah. It sucks. Because I, you know what? I actually went into this movie thinking like, I want to like this movie and just think everyone's just wrong. This movie is great. But honestly, I just couldn't get with it. So I think it's, you can probably skip it. Not going to, you're not going to miss much. So. Yeah, I did the same thing. I was trying to, I was coming in. I was like, you know what? Maybe it got a bad rap. Yeah. When it came out. Because I knew about the bad rap, but I hadn't seen it. And then me and Travis are, tend to be, the optimists yes. of the group that are like, no, there's something redeeming, so you should see it. Like, right. we'll look for the good. We'll look for whatever good. We'll try and find the good. And I don't have much of anything. I know. My, my biggest thing is if, if halfway through the movie, I'm going, when is this thing done? Like, how much more movie do I have left? Yeah. That's where I'm like, well, you should, it should be cut. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm entertained yeah. enough, I'm like, oh, this is bad, but I'm entertained, right. then it's fine. Then I'll, I'll say see it. I'll say oh, I'll see a bad a, movie. I'll love a bad movie. Right? Yeah. But yeah, no, I was yeah. like, when? How much? How much more is this? Yeah. Like, how much longer do yeah. I have to watch this? So I, I have to say cut as well. <laughs> I got to the same point where there's 40 minutes left, and there's almost what seems like the end of the movie coming, mm-hmm. and then I hit pause and I said, oh great, there's another 40 minutes of this. Um, it's a script problem, I think. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a great setting. The games nail the sci-fi stuff in some parts, in some others they don't. Uh, but like, there's a story there that you can grab onto and make other good content. The actors did what they could with the script, but it was like, I think it was just like the story itself is one that I think tried to do too much in two hours. It should have been a mini series. It should have been a trilogy. Um, I'm really sad we're not going to get that sequel. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I would also have to say cut. And I don't like being a jerk. I don't like being I like, know, hey, right? your thing is bad. Because I know what it's like to make things. And making things is really hard. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like to pull out and say like, hey, I love the fight choreography. I loved the stunts. I loved other things. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie is a is a cut. So three cuts uh, for Assassin's Creed. Um, and that's the end of our Assassin's Creed show. You can find all things cutscenes at cutscenes.ca and cutscenes underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Jacob McCourt. Katie, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on the Twitter. 
I am Les Brack, L-E-S-P-E-R-A-K, and that's about it, really. And Travis, where can they find you on the internet? I'm also on Twitter at Travis Colnett, so T-R-A-V-I-S-C-O-L-E-N-U-T-T. That's the end of another episode of Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast. And this week we leave you with a choice quote uh, from Michael Fassbender's character Cal in the movie. Katie, take it away. I'm hungry. (laughs) And that's the show. Thanks, guys. Oh, my gosh. Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast.